Phillip with Soul Insights, and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Well, happy Monday uh, for those of you who are listening on a Monday. Uh, glad that you are here on Good Morning Market joining the program. Um, one thing I wanted to say on the outset um, is that my goal with Good Morning Market is to make sure I'm always adding a value to you, the audience. And and I really want to have more than an audience here in the Good Morning Market community. I want to actually build a community with y'all. So I want to make sure that you feel heard and that you're getting the content that you want and need. You know, we got a increasingly borderless, volatile, tough marketplace they're all competing in. We all have all kinds of different noise. And I want to make sure that when you come to this program, that you're getting the value that you want and need. You get the insights, the the information, the inspiration, the tactics, the strategy, etc., to make sure that you can uh, be successful. So, in that spirit of things, I would love for y'all to send in to me some things that y'all would like to talk about. So, whatever it may be, I'm thinking specifically sending in questions uh, by commenting on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, on the social channels. I'll be making some posts this week that you can um, find me, follow me, and then comment on those posts with uh, specific questions you would like to ask me or maybe a topic you would like to have the podcast cover. I can go do the research or, or bring in that specific guest that y'all want me to interview. I think that would be really awesome um, to make sure that, once again, that y'all are at the center, you are at the center of what this podcast does, and I think it build better connections between us to be able to hear from you directly on a specific question you'd like me to address. Maybe we could do like a Q&R segment or an entire Q&R episode, or if we want to do something more long form, then y'all can send that to me as well. So uh, please, once again, don't forget to comment on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, find that. You can also email me your question, philip with two L's at soulinsights.com. I also thank y'all once again for leaving uh, a rating for the podcast. It does help with the algorithms and whatnot on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, for example, if you leave a rating or review, even better. Uh, also, sharing it, obviously, with business leaders you know would enjoy it really helps get this podcast out there. We're going to be doing some uh, some cool stuff in terms of advertising and promoting the podcast to get it out there. But um, as always, the secret sauce and the, the best tool in getting this out there is you uh, sharing it with your network. So, I want to get into uh, a cool topic that got my attention from the Harvard Business Review. I love the Harvard Business Review for those of you who know me well. Um, it was an article that talks about customer journeys. So this episode, we're going to talk about getting repeat business, that coveted repeat business that we all need to to thrive. And uh, we need to talk about some customer journeys. But before that, let's briefly go into the market roundup from this past week. All right, so two uh, interesting pieces of data coming to y'all market roundup this week. The first one is the National Federation of Independent Businesses. They put out their most recent job report headline, nearly half of small business owners still can't fill job openings. Coming out of Washington, D.C., August 4, small businesses across the country continue to raise wages to keep employees and fill a historically high level of open positions, according to NFIB's monthly jobs report. Seasonally adjusted, 49% of all owners reported job openings they could not fill in the current period. 
down one point from June and down two points from May's 48-year record high. And finally, at a market roundup, the Democrat-led Congress is set to pass the titled Inflation Reduction Act this week. In fact, at the time that you're listening, even if you're listening and when the episode is posted, it may be the fact that the Senate and the House have already come to agreement and voted on it. An analysis by the Tax Foundation estimates that the lighter version of the previous Build Back Better bill will generate $304 billion in additional tax revenues over a 10-year mark and is projected to reduce long-run GDP by 0.1%, wages by 0.1%, and eliminate around 30,000 full-time jobs, namely due to the 15% minimum corporate tax uh, income tax on corporations with profits exceeding $1 billion. And that is your Market Roundup. In terms of the article, very fascinating coming out of the Harvard Business Review. The title of the article is What You're Getting Wrong About Customer Journeys. Very fascinating article, and it really caught my attention because I talk with my clients a lot and even with y'all in my audience about the buyer's journey. In fact, right now I'm actually working for a client right now to map that out based off of customer and client insights, having them redraw their steps. And the whole logic behind the buyer's journey is that you need to understand how they naturally organically come to you. How can you record that, map that out, and then augment and enhance and lower friction and streamline that journey to make more people who fit that description be able to find you more easily, but also working in the way that they want to. Now, obviously, there's a ton of nuance to that because no two people are exactly the same. There's no straight line linear path that people take to find companies and products. That's not the way it works. But, you know, the better you can have that reference, that point of reference, the better you can construct your marketing program. Now, that's to get them on that first purchase. We all know that what we're almost nearly all of us are in the business of is getting repeat purchases, okay? You increase your customer loyalty and you get more wallet share. I've talked about it on the podcast many times. That is going to get you way more bang for your buck, way more profitability than trying to constantly pull in brand new people, strangers to, to purchase your product. So buyer's journey, very important. Customer's journey, once you get them in there, really, really important, even more important. And one thing that we talk about on this podcast, um, and we really focused on it uh, a couple episodes ago with uh, Oberon 3 with Matthew Selby was talking about customer experience. Now, he was coming at it more from a measurement aspect, but obviously that's something we we talk a lot about. It, it, it is, are you measuring the experience that you're delivering? Well, this episode is going to talk about are you really mapping and drawing out the kind of customer journey that you want to deliver in order to deliver the best experiences, deliver the most value. I've heard it, and I can't remember the lady who famously said it, but people won't remember exactly what you said to them or what you did for them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So in terms of building on that relationship, you need to strategically think and constantly manage the type of experience you deliver. And that would involve mapping out a customer journey. So that's what this this article from HBR really focuses on. So everybody talks about reducing friction, but one of the the things that this uh, well-researched 
article really disputes is kind of the truism in the business fields that everybody just wants to reduce friction. Everybody uh, wants to have just the easiest purchase uh, journey possible. Actually, to the contrary, there are uh, several types of product and, and experiences with companies in which actually the friction can add value. If you make it too easy, depending on what your product or service is, that could actually be a net detriment to your retention or the amount of profitability you're able to get per interaction. So that's exactly what the HBR article titled, What You're Getting Wrong About Customers' Journeys, is trying to address. And they break it down ultimately into four types of journeys that you want to deliver or that your customers want you to deliver based on two factors, okay? So that's why you got your 25%, you know, you've got your little square. Imagine a larger square and you've got your four quadrants based off of which of the binaries it fits. It would be the level of effort that the customer has to expend to truly experience your product or service you're offering, okay? So how much effort are they putting in? Okay, if, if I get a toothbrush, that's different effort than if I get a gym membership, okay? Two different effort levels. Also, the level of predictability, okay? When I go to the McDonald's drive-thru, that's a different level of predictability than, say, some other journeys. Like if I decide to go to an extremely prestigious uh, educational institution where I don't really know what's going to happen on a day-to-day or week-by-week basis. Some some institutions you know, set up their their curriculum in that fashion. So there there's difference. And once again, what most people will talk about is, hey, everything needs to be low effort and super predictable. Okay, well, depending on the product, yes. Depending on the product or service, definitely not. And we need to be thinking strategically about this, about what do our customers want? What do they really want to get out of us? How can we deliver the best, most memorable experiences? And then we figure out what boxes our product or service fits in. And then we map out the journeys to help the the customer get exactly what they want every single time. If they want it to be super easy and low involvement, cool. But if they want an adventure, for example, then we need to construct our journey differently and really think in terms of different priorities. So let's go over the first type. We're going to go over four types. Then in this episode, we're going to talk about how you set up and determine your own ideal customer journey. And I'm going to give some parting thoughts um, in addition to what we read and, and discussed here. So first one would be routines. So a routine would match kind of what most people think of, low effort and predictable. Low effort and predictable is a routine. So one quote from the article would be, routines are well-suited for utilitarian products that make tasks incrementally easier and more predictable. The less friction encountered, the more satisfied the customer is. Now, the brands that do this so well, they're so pervasive, and I think that's they're so awesome and they're so pervasive when we interact with them so often. I think that's partly why it affects all of us business leaders and business owners, and it kind of affects the way we think. So obviously, um, I believe it's the most profitable company and biggest company on planet Earth would be Amazon. When you think of Amazon, you think of low effort and you think of predictable, okay? I have my my phone with me at all times. My Amazon app is super easy to navigate. Anytime I want to buy any kind of consumer product, it just makes the whole process easy. And the two-day shipping and I don't even have to track it and it's delivered right to my doorstep. It's perfect lazy shopping, right? So super low effort, super predictable, but they're super consistent. And so they're the standard bearer when it comes to routines. Another example might be Starbucks, Okay. When you go to Starbucks, 
You don't want anything unpredictable. When you go get a pumpkin spice latte or a black coffee, you want it to taste the same way across any Starbucks across the United States of of America or maybe even more so the entire planet. And you want it to be uh, low effort, right? You don't want to have to go through a big rigmarole. You want to be able to do your mobile app and go up and pick it and like you just waltz in. It's already there ready for you. It's so low effort. So if your product, by the way, fits in this category, if your offering fits in this category, things that you need to think about are number one, streamline, and you need to look to deliver consistency. Okay, so the more consistent that you can deliver the same experience every time, if they want a routine type of experience with your product or offering, you need to be thinking about how can I give them that same tried and true, dependable, every time you come, it's like this. That's what you're looking to do. And streamline is more so how can you take away non-value adding aspects to the entire journey, be it when they first you know, interact with you, when they're looking at the menu, when they're getting to your place, when they're making the order, when they're transferring the funds, when they're picking up the product or the offering of the service, anything that you interact, any interaction between your company, your product or service, and the customer. If you have a routine type of offering, streamline. You need to make it as easy, low friction as possible, and you need to deliver that experience as consistently as possible. No variations. You want it to just be plain old vanilla. You get what you get every single time, no matter what. Now, that's a routine, and that's what most of us think about, but there are three other types of customer journeys that you want to consider depending on what your product or or service is and depending on what your customer is looking to get out of their interactions and their relationship with you. So what if we still wanted that low effort? I don't want to try hard, okay? I I, I don't want to work hard for this thing. However, I want the unpredictability. I don't want the routine and the super consistency and it's the same way every single time. That's boring, okay? What if I want something called a joy ride, which is the second category? Low effort, but unpredictable. There's that little wrinkle. So a quote from there to help you understand what a joy ride product experience is or, or offering. Effortless, unpredictable, and a lot of fun, joy rides work well with products that deliver an on-demand thrill, such as music streaming platforms, sports media, video games. Joy rides can also be used in brick-and-mortar settings, such as fast fashion stores with high product turnover, local cinemas with weekly releases, restaurants with rotating menus, and bars with happy hour specials. You know, it's interesting. I, I, the first thing I thought of before I even read any other examples because I've had this company on the podcast, and at the time of this recording, um, they just won back-to-back Coastal Plains League championships would be the Savannah Bananas, so I would say for those of you who are around around the Savannah metro area, but really, Savannah Bananas, through all of their ESPN um, coverage and and media exposure, they actually just announced that they're going to have a ESPN Plus special coming up in mid-August. Frankly, you, you, you could be from the other side of the country and still know of the Savannah Bananas, but that's exactly how they got their claim to fame. They saw baseball, or Jesse Cole saw baseball as being too boring. Um, it There wasn't enough entertainment factor. There wasn't enough excitement. And so what he decided to do, he's like, well, especially because we're not Major League Baseball. I mean, Savannah Bananas, for example, can't claim to have the the greatest level of athletic performance because that's Major League Baseball. So rather than winning on uh, athletic excellence first, they decided to win on entertainment and uh, that first, and then 
it also happened to have really great athletes as kind of like a secondary benefit. So if it, you get a joy ride, yes, you do want the low effort. This works well, obviously, with entertainment products and services, but you also want the unpredictable. So think about that. You know, if, if you have a hair salon, if you have some kind of uh, consumer service, or it could even be a business-to-business um, uh, product that you offer, if they're looking for low effort, okay, great. Then you still need to streamline. Um, but if they're looking to get some surprises, or if you think that you can, you could use it as a way to be different and use it as a competitive differentiator, rather than giving them the routine, adding in little wrinkles of that would be entertainment and value add. That's where you need to be thinking. Okay, how do I use my creativity or someone use their creativity to also provide endless variation? This is where your customer is going to appreciate it when they come back for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth uh, purchase that things aren't always the same. This is different or that's different. You can find ways to add in that, that, that surprise entertainment factor to your experience with your customer. So once again, um, You've got a routine, yeah, that, that is what that is. But you, sometimes you don't want consistency all the time. Consistently excellent, but consistently excellent through endless creative variation, that entertainment wow surprise factor if it comes to a joyride, which is low effort but also unpredictable. Now let's go to the flip side of the coin perhaps. Now let's talk about some high effort uh, experiences from offerings. They do want to work for it, maybe because they're not looking to just meet a more basic repeat uh, need that's a more utilitarian product. Maybe they're also not looking for something where they can just kind of sit back and passively enjoy something amusing like a joyride. Maybe they actually want to work for it, but they want it to be predictable. So I want to achieve something like I want to build my net worth. I want to pay off my debt. I want to get in shape. I want to... um, I want to get my my uh, business in a much better uh, tax situation in the next fiscal year versus this previous fiscal year. Some kind of larger agenda, or I want my company to completely overhaul all of its facilities to be green certified, to, to be more energy efficient and more responsible in terms of our carbon footprint. Okay, these would be more big uh, personal achievement or company achievement outcomes, but you also want it to be predictable. You don't want a bunch of different uh, experiences and and uh, this is this way one day with the company, but then the next day you, you got a completely different experience. They want it to be very predictable. That would be called a trek. So type three after routines and joy rides would be a trek. So here's an, a quote from the article to describe if your company needs to deliver uh, the trek type customer journey. Typically associated with personal service providers such as tutors, coaches, and financial advisors, treks are now increasingly facilitated by mobile apps and smart products, including including educational like educational apps like Babbel, wearable devices that monitor health indicators such as the Apple Watch and financial planning tools 
like Mint. Uh, moreover, examples could be certain business services like varying marketing and consulting services. I'm kind of thinking, you know, more towards a business context where there's a lot of high collaboration. So if, the, if they're if they're really outsourcing it and there's little involvement, then it might be more of a uh, a routine experience, but if they want to really collaborate with you and they are working with you and you're kind of showing them that roadmap uh, with high involvement and value add, but also predictable, like, hey, you, here's the light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to do this, then this, then this, and this, and you're going to be able to achieve this high outcome. That is more like what a Trek is. Once again, going back to uh, stuff like the Apple Watch or Babbel, which is a, a fun app to teach you another language. Learning another language is a big, high-effort experience, but if you can use high-tech and you can have a predictable experience, the path is already drawn out for you, that makes the it more of a trek because there's still that level of predictability despite the fact that it's going to be a high-effort uh, experience and journey. Something else that could be like a, a high effort but predictable experience could be something like a Peloton, right? Peloton really, uh, I mean, there obviously was a convenience and a streamline involved with Peloton because, hey, you don't have to go out to the gym. It's going to be easy and more convenient for you because you just got this one device that you can work on. So in that way, it could be low effort. But also then you buy all these different packages and classes and you can do live classes where you're going to have a coach pushing you and pushing you quite hard to make it a very high effort, long-term goal, changing your lifestyle to get into better health. But at the same time, it's very predictable. You know, it's, it, there's a there's a predictability to it in terms of you're gonna know what you're gonna get every time you get on that Peloton. So that's once again an example of a trek. So if this describes your organization, the product and service that you want to offer. Here's some tips for you on that. So you need to make sure that your customer sees that you've built them an easy way to follow and manage the roadmap. So do that work for them. They're going to have to do a lot of work. But what you can do for them is you can show them the entire journey beginning to end and say, hey, here's your milestones. Here's where we're going. And you can take that elephant and break it down into smaller bites for them. That's where your value add is. Because they they likely already knew before they came into contact with you, your product, your offering. Yeah, I know that I want to learn Spanish before I go get Duolingo, for example. But if I can use Duolingo, it makes that huge effort of learning a new language more, much more palatable for me because I know that they're going to break it down into spoon feeding me and then I can be ready for the steak and, and I can be ready for the big boy stuff later on because they're going to break it down into this nice little journey. And I can even see when I first get the Duolingo app, for example, I can see on all the different levels, it's almost got a gamified aspect to it as I start to uh, engage over and over and over again with the app, it shows me how I can give me more and more and more and more Spanish to learn, for example. So you not only do that in terms of building out the roadmap and making that elephant into smaller bites, you don't reinvent the wheel. You, know, you don't like, put them in a situation where they have to reinvent the wheel, and then you also encourage and celebrate the milestones. Once again, the only time that they shouldn't, that, you know, that they get positive reinforcement, if that's when they've finally gotten to the very end, no bueno, okay, not good. They need to be getting reinforcement from you. They need to be getting the value-add, uh, proactive communication, celebrate the milestones with them as they go down that road and they're, you, they are engaging with you. They're reaching their goals. You need to have that milestone-based communication and reinforcement and affirmation. Um, 
you know, that could be something like even like a company like Soul Insights because a lot of what we do is we do roadmaps, we do plans. And so that's something like my company needs to take another look at and take to heart. But all that to say, we've got one more type to go. So the question becomes, well, what if the customer wants the high effort, the high value achievement, but they want a little bit more spice? They don't want it to be predictable. They want more surprises, more wrinkles. They want, you know, that kind of, uh, I don't know, spontaneity as they go down this long journey in a high effort, high reward kind of situation. That's where we'd reach the final category, which would be called the Odyssey, which is both high effort and unpredictable. And from that article, let's read a little bit more about that. Odysseys are challenging, thrilling, and unpredictable adventures that are fueled by a customer's enthusiasm, determination, and sense of purpose. An example of an odyssey would be uh, from that article, perfect for products that facilitate passion projects that customers are already highly motivated to pursue, such as cultivating a social media following, playing a strategy game, learning a performance art, filming a documentary, and training for a fitness contest. Uh, some other things that really caught my eye, unlike treks, odysseys don't need a set endpoint. And as outdoor enthusiasts often say, the journey is the destination. Wow, so <laughs> what kind of product or service could, could potentially fit into that category? So um, just a reminder, if, you're, if you find that your offering is related to or facilitates some really high-level achievement that's high effort on the part of your customer, but it's more so um, around not the predictable where you draw out that nice, tidy little roadmap with the milestones where you know, it, they could go and make their own journey. It's almost like a sandbox. You know, once again, the, the journey is the destination. It is about the kind of the lifestyle of it. Um, these products and services, they're usually related to that self-actualization top of the pyramid if you're thinking of Maslow's hierarchy. It could be something like an institution of personal achievement. They mentioned Juilliard um, and some of their programs in the article what it's really doing, that kind of product or service, if that's what your thing is, is providing a lifestyle. I think is really a lot of it. It's, it's, it's a community where the journey is the point. And you'll even see some uh, companies like a Red Bull that they are more of a routine type product, but what they want to fuel is something more like an odyssey because obviously what they talk about is you know pushing the envelope and and uh, and extreme sports, you know, and act, being active and that whole thing. They could be part of your brand, but there are certain products and services where you want uh, to facilitate high involvement on the part of the customer because they're going for something really, really big in terms of uh, achievement or self-actualization. But also, it's not about having the nice little uh, one, two, three, four sequential path to that point. That's where an odyssey would be more the case. So if you're designing the ideal customer journey, how do we go from there? Okay, Philip, you gave me the four categories, but now what? Okay, so when designing an ideal customer journey, you need to first identify which is the best archetype for your product or service. So you got to think, uh, is my product or service, is it a high involvement product or service? Is it supposed to be easy? Um, is, the, is it predictable in terms of the repeat fourth, fifth, sixth purchase? Or is it unpredictable? So that's when you need to figure out what box that you fit in. Okay, so then you go from there, you go to put the design principles into action. So once again, streamlining streamlining is going to be important across the board, but there's differences um, between what kind of 
product type or avatar that yours is. So it, it mentions like Marriott standardized check-in and check-out processes make stays at his hotel easier for travelers, travelers even in a new context such as visited visiting a foreign city. Whereas if your archetype is a jewel ride, generating endless uh, varied moments of delight, perhaps with an in-house team of content producers uh, or by crowdsourcing content from consumers. So you got to think about how do I design out that journey? But you have to keep all the principles in mind when you're thinking about step A, step B, step C, step D, etc. Um, then also, at what time do you cue the purchase? So it does mention for the low involvement, you can cue that that purchase earlier on. So if it's a joyride or a routine. Now, if it's more of a trek or uh, or an odyssey, actually rather if it's a joyride or an odyssey because it's more about the predictability, they want to get more familiar with you and they're not going to be motivated to make the big decisions right off the get-go. So you kind of got to coax them in more slowly before they make that major investment. That's more so with, once again, I would, I would stand corrected, joyrides and odysseys, the, the more unpredictable types of uh, customer journeys. And then one thing you could do, and I've even thought about this myself, um, and guys like Gary V mentioned it, is how can you give them the taste test first? Can you provide free services at the beginning of the journey to build the trust and lower the risk factor if you're a joyride or an Odyssey type product? If you can't do that, is there a way that they can they can kind of date you before they marry you, where you have an entry level kind of tester phase or or cheaper product start to start with? Um, and 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 one thing that is is mentioned in the article, irrespective of what type of product or offering avatar you fit in, you got to streamline. Because really what streamlining comes down to, once again, is eliminating non-value add touch points. Anywhere you can re- reduce that kind of friction, not friction in the way that they have to work for it, but friction in the way that their interaction with you is non-value adding. At all times, it should be value adding. You streamline that. You need to always be looking for customer feedback to facilitate that. Look, look at your team. Look at it yourself. There's all kinds of different ways you can do that. I mean, if, if it's a digital product experience, for example, you could look at stuff like Google Analytics. But if it's a different kind of experience, you may have to go more old school with observation and then customer feedback to figure out where are the friction points in terms of wasting my customer's time, making them jump through hoops. You don't want that. Every single interaction is value add. Um, and then, you know, one more point to think about is uh, considering the different journey archetypes for different segments. So, you know, one product or service could potentially play in different ways for different types of customer needs. I even thought back to the Starbucks thing. Okay, that's a routine thing, but they also have this thing called the the secret menu, where if you want more of uh, a joy ride, you can go to Starbucks and you can get something that most people don't even think to get because it's not on the menu. It's unlisted. So there's kind of like that insider's aspect to even Starbucks, which is a totally a routine type of customer experience. Um, you know, there's other examples for that. Uh, they mentioned mostly software and tech, but I feel like that's not going to be as helpful to this audience. But regardless, think about ways that you can think about different segments of your customers. If you're a big enough company, especially if you've got multiple products, different customers want different things at different times. So yeah, if you if routine is kind of your claim to fame, be a great routine. But if you're 
customers also, you find that a segment of them, you want to use it for more high involvement, bigger achievement, then you need to facilitate the trek. Or if you find that they there is a segment within your customer base that's high profitability and they want more of the unpredictable surprise element, then you might need to have that joyride. Not that it's, they're not making it into a joyride now, but you may not be facilitating it and streamlining it as you manage those customer journeys to help every, every customer get what they want, every one of your core customers at least. Once again, streamline for all. Remove non-value add touch points. Uh, measure satisfaction on set milestones is another one. I talked once again with Matthew Selby. I've talked about it um, on other podcast episodes. Is you need to be measuring your customer touch points and understanding where are you losing customers? Where are customers getting annoyed? Um, you need to be figuring that out so you can always be adding value from the first touch to the 20th touch. And then another thing I would recommend, especially with the the high involvement type products. So let's just say that your company fits into the box of Treks or Trek or Odyssey. Really educate heavy on the front end. I've actually consulted some of my clients before who were in his service, the client I'm specifically think of. His product is more of a trek, I believe. So he's in sports coaching. He sells programs and subscriptions. And I told him something that I learned from LinkedIn. LinkedIn, when they get you on um, LinkedIn Premium, what they decided to do that actually way increased their renewal rate among subscribers is they decided to bake it within the algorithms and even at times interacting with you through real people is trying to educate you and get you understanding all the power that LinkedIn Premium has to offer on the front end. And the way the reason that this is so much more successful is conversely, most companies, especially in the subscription model, they'll set you up on your subscription with your product or service and then right when it's time for renewal, they come back and they're like, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, you know, are you enjoying the product? Did you enjoy it? You know, is there any kind of questions I can answer for you? You know, how can you get higher value? And oh, please, please renew. By that time, if they couldn't figure it out because they couldn't, they had too, they didn't have enough streamlining, they had too much friction, it was too high involvement compared to what they wanted or it was too unpredictable compared to what they wanted, because you didn't get your your customer journey right, you didn't get your avatar right, then it's too late. You come in on the back end, that's it. However, conversely, if you do like what LinkedIn does and you educate heavily on the front end as they're going for this high effort customer journey and you make sure to provide them with all the retails and provide them with a roadmap to help them understand how they can best utilize your product or service to reach their goals and you make sure to hold their hand on the front end proactively, then when it comes to renewing subscription time or coming back for another purchase, 
you're going to have much, much, much higher retention rates. So that's another thing that came up to me when I'm looking at these different customer journeys. You need to be seeing what your customer satisfaction is, your loyalty, your churn rates before you optimize these journeys so you can have a benchmark. So if you listen to this and you get inspired and you're like, oh yeah, man, I think that my company offers treks really and so we're going to do x y and z differently because we're going to map it out we're going to understand our box we're going to see how we can streamline at all points how we can segment our customers and how our product can fit different niches where appropriate for different journeys cool let's start now and let's see how what you've been doing in terms of the customer experience and journey that you've been delivering now what are your customer satisfaction levels on an instant basis and maybe on the whole what are your customer loyalty levels like through net promoter score if you do it correctly? Uh, what is your customer churn? How many customers are you losing on a net period on a per annual basis, on a per week basis, depending on your product purchase frequency? Figure that out. Go through these steps that we talked about today as episode. And then, you know, six months later, 12 months later, measure again. If your customer satisfaction is going up. If it's going from a 3.8 to a 4.4, if your loyalty levels are going up, you see that you're getting greater percentages of your customer's wallet share. They're not shopping around. Now you're getting 60 to 70% of their purchases in that category as opposed to 30 to 35 I know, or if they're if you're hearing more positive reviews, word of mouth about you around town, your internal survey show a higher NPS, you get more promoters rather than detractors. Um, if your customer churn rates are going down, so are now during your set periods, you're retaining 95% of your customers on every period rather than 91%. Those are the root causes. That means that because you strategically are delivering a great customer journey, you're delivering a, a customer journey that's in line with how highly they want to be involved and also how predictable they want that experience to be, you will see your satisfaction with you, with your company go up with each interaction. Same thing with loyalty and wallet share. Same thing with they stick with you. Then guess what the symptom of that is? Your profit going way, way up. And so ladies and gentlemen, we all need to be working on that. I need to be going back to the drawing board myself and think about how I can better map out and consistently deliver the type of trek that I want my customers to experience. And that pretty much wraps up what we wanted to discuss today. So thank you for uh, staying engaged with me, and uh, I would love to hear from you on maybe what you figure uh, your your product or service fits in, what box out of those four, routine, uh, joyride, trek, or odyssey. Don't forget to send your cues in please send your cues in i would love to do a q and r uh segment of the next episode or a future episode or perhaps even an entire episode depending on how much y'all send in for me um make sure that you know your customer uh, make sure that you are going through these processes to map out your customer journey and if you need help you know hey that's where you can go to soulinsights.com you can contact me i would love to have that discussion with you and as you go into this week you kick button you take names don't forget in order to lead your market you must first hear and know your market <laughs>